morning, everybody. Happy we've ruined Boris's holiday. And welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by my fellow Mirror columnist, get my R's right, and associate <laughs> editor, Kevin McGuire. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, Foxy. You well? Um, I'm very well this morning. Now, this is the People's Paper Review, so get into the comments. Ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on podcast will just have to try to rustle up 100 supporters and lie about them if you can't. Now, what have we got this morning? Well, the Mirror has splashed on the assumption that as of 2pm today, Rishi Sunak will be effectively our next Prime Minister. Now, unless Penny Mordaunt can improve on the 30 or so nominations she had overnight, Rishi will be declared the de facto winner of the post-Liz Truss Hunger Games the Tories have been indulging in. Britain will have its first Asian Prime Minister and its first Hindu Prime Minister. But all this is possible, not because the Tories are a diverse and successful party of all the talents, but because they've given the job to everyone but him first, including possibly the most disastrous Prime Minister of all time, so far at least, Liz Truss. But the real icing on the cake here is that the Conservative Party, aided and abetted by overexcitable journalists from other papers, Kevin, have mm. ruined Boris Johnson's Caribbean jolly and all for nothing. Um, he flew all the way back to the Dominican Republic. He worked the phones and he claims he had all the support he needed, but he's just not going to do it yet. He doesn't feel it's the time. Do you believe him? No, not a word. The lying liar can't stop lying. I mean, that picture of him all red faced on his phone when he came back. Look at that. That does not look a man in, in control who's going to be carried shoulder high back into Downing Street. That face smacks of utter desperation. Now, unless he publishes the hundred names, I won't believe him. And I think quite, quite rightly, he looked like he had 60. And that was it. It's a huge blow to his uh, ego, Foxy, because he always thinks he can rule the world and do whatever he wants. And, you know, Conservative MPs have got many, 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 many faults, but they're not that daft. They're not going to get the lying lawbreaker back in. He was competent. He was shambolic. There's a privileges committee hearing hanging over his head that could uh, kick him out of Parliament. They'd, they'd have been... Totally bonkers. They're mad, but not that mad. <laughs> there were 60 of them, though, prepared to be uh, that completely bonkers. But all of them who uh, were supporting uh, Boris, so far as we know, publicly anyway, seem to be rowing in behind Rishi Sunak this morning. So Nadim Zahawi, former Chancellor for about five seconds once, some point in the last couple of weeks. I can't even remember now how many we've had. But he wrote a piece to the Telegraph yesterday saying, get ready for Boris version 2.0. He's learned his lesson only for it to be published uh, about exactly the same moment that Boris Johnson declared he wasn't going to be standing. And Charlie says, where do you think he should go on holiday next? What's interesting, Charlie, is that he was on holiday in the Dominican Republic when he should have been in Parliament representing the constituents of Uxbridge, where he has a majority of just 7,210, and which he's on course to lose. Now, if he goes on holiday again, I suspect, Kevin, that he'll be going somewhere a long way away from Uxbridge. Yeah. But when they did drag him back, they still didn't get him to Parliament. He only got to Millbank Tower down the road. He still didn't go to the office, did he? No, and he, uh, never, he never formally declared his candidature uh, either. Uh, but he issued a statement when he had to uh, back down, climb down, retreat, U-turn. That was utterly uh, deluded because he was claiming, oh, there's a good chance I could have won, you know, it could have been me. No, he couldn't. I mean, this bloke is in la, la, la. If he ever does publish his memoirs, it should go straight to the fiction aisle because he's just dealing facts. 
No, exactly. And I think the fact that you've you've rushed back from holiday very much implies that you don't have the support necessary. Um, he would have a sensible person would have sat on the beach and said, "Well, look, ring me when you've got a hundred. Otherwise, there's no point." Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the fact that he was also sitting there working the phones that's also not someone that uh, is, has got this in the bag. Now, Newton yeah. Noir, possibly not their original name, said, how far do you believe racism was responsible for Rishi's failure last time round when the wider Tory membership had a say? I don't know about you, Kevin, but I think really the, the reason that the Tory membership voted for Liz Truss over Sunak over the summer was mainly because she said, not because she was white, but because she said all the things which are a Tory wet dream. She said tax cuts. She said growth. She said... Yeah. Uh, we can ignore actual reality and there'll be some money coming out of, you know, your backside and that'll be it. Yeah, I think she told them what they w- wanted to hear. Uh, and it was the, the Brexit dream, wasn't it? Singapore on Thames, uh, lower taxes for the rich, cut back uh, public spending eventually. And of course, it was that energy energy packet, package. And you know, that's why she would, I think, rather than racism. Although, look, I sit, I sit chatting to you. We're both white people. I think I've experienced racism in this country. You can count the number of occasions on the fingers of one hand. Uh, you know, black and uh, Asian friends, people of colour I know, um, suffer it regularly, uh, alas. I'm sure Rishi Sunak has experienced it in his, his life. He's not really spoken about it uh, very much. I'm sure he has, but I'm not sure it was a big factor. In his defeat there, it was because he was the chancellor who was putting up corporation tax. He put up national insurance. He was essentially telling uh, the Tory party that there isn't a magic money tree all the time that you can just shake and shake and shake. Well, Truss basically increased spending while slashing taxes. We know what what happened and we're all paying the price now is uh, interest rates uh, go up inflation is still high growth is uh, incredibly sluggish um and uh, there's an irony in trust a fundamental free marketeer being judged by those free markets to be fundamentally wrong uh, that's the capitalist way that's yeah, how well, yeah. it works when yeah, well. markets, uh, have control of stuff now it's, Sheila says is sunak connected to any think tanks i think she's referring there to the institute of economic affairs which seems to have brainwashed uh, Quarteng and Trust to the extent that they went in and smashed the markets. I'm not aware of him being linked to all that, but it's, it's all to do with sort of who you know and who you meet at the parties, who who seconds someone to work in your office. It's not necessarily no. a really obvious connection, is it? No, look, Sudak's a banker. He worked for Goldman Sachs, then he worked for, for hedge funds. He became very wealthy in his own way, you know, a lot of dodgy deals that were linked uh, to the global financial collapse of 2008. He married uh, an heiress, uh, an Indian heiress. He, he met in the US when doing a doing a masters in uh, in uh, in business. In fact, you know, they're jointly worth 730 million pounds. That's about twice the king. Um, and uh, 222, I think, on the Sunday Times, 1,000 uh, rich list. So he's got a load of money, but he, he's a he's a banker. That's how that's how he sees it. But he's gonna he's gonna unleash because he is a fiscal conservative. He's gonna unleash terrible austerity on public services and, and payments, which go to those in work as well as those out of work. So we're in for a really rough ride. And I think it's where you saw during the contest against trust when he lost uh, Nadine Durries the culture secretary was picking up how rich he is you know three and a half grand suits 500 uh, pound a shot uh, Prada shoes Prada shoes on a trip to a yeah. building site 
Now, well, you're going you're to have somebody who is insulated, uh, in a huge property empire, uh, Rishi Two Pools, you know, his spa up in uh, Yorkshire, and he's going to get checkers to splash about in that uh, as well. You're going to have somebody who is insulated from worrying about um, the, the pennies. He probably worries about millions of pounds, but he's not going to be worried about the pennies, making life harder for, for people who are already struggling. And I think politically... He deserves to be held uh, to account and scrutinised and criticised for that. But it is incredible, Foxy, to think he's about to become Prime Minister. I think it'll be a coronation. I doubt Morden will get the votes to stay in the contest. We'll find out just after two o'clock today. But he's not given a single interview or had a single discussion in this contest. I think there's more democracy in the uh, Chinese Communist Party than there is in the Conservative Party at the moment. That's all we've seen of him is coming out of his townhouse in Kensington uh, and going going into Parliament and then coming back again. And that's all that's, that's been heard from him at all in the last few days, plus a statement about how wonderful Boris Johnson was, which nobody believes. Yeah. Now, Steve says, good morning, Steve, says, will Rishi ghost the nuclear test veterans like Liz did, despite both of them promising to support them? Now, for those who don't know, Steve is the son of someone who served at the nuclear test at Marilinga uh, in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, and he was born with a range of undiagnosable birth defects and is part of our campaign to see if we can get a medal and some other recognition from the government in this plutonium jubilee year. Um, now, over the course of the summer, I spoke to Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak's campaigns and said, will you support them in the way that Boris Johnson did? Uh, Sunak actually came back quickest. His team came back within a week and they were they offered a far stronger comment than I was expecting. And they said that they would also support a police investigation into what happened to the veterans. So I'm optimistic about that. Liz Truss's team took a month and never did speak to us when she got into number 10. So I th hopefully Rishi was going to do something about that. Yeah, as you, as you know, Foxy, sometimes they make uh, promises outside of Downing Street they don't keep when they are in Downing Street. But, but let's have a little spirit of optimism and goodwill and see if it's uh, reciprocated by Rishi Sunak. Um, one thing I would say in his favour, and I fundamentally disagree with him on a lot of financial, economic, political issues, but, but he is quite a decent bloke. Uh, and he's, no, he's, he's polite. He can use politeness as a, as a weapon. But hopefully he will just see the decency of, of, of right and historic wrong. Uh, yeah. so, many vet, so many veterans feel it. And very sadly, as you know better than I, uh, you know, they're gonna, that, that group is going to be thinned every year as uh, age takes its toll. Exactly. So we'll we'll keep working and we'll keep seeing where we get to, Steve. Now, Mike says Johnson was elected in 2019 with 43% of the vote. And it's worth saying this amazing election winner, the Tories keep talking about, he wins elections, he really delivers. He's won one, one, and it was against Jeremy Corbyn, which, let's face it, is an easy goal. Now, Truss got 81,000 party member votes and Sunak currently has approximately 165 and he could be prime minister by this afternoon. If he loses, is Graham Brady going to pick the next one out of a hat? Yeah. It does seem there's an ever-decreasing number of people getting to influence who the Prime Minister is. That's, is that a sign of how pathetic it is? Yeah, the rapidly shrinking electorate. It's amazing. We've gone from a national poll to a poll of a Tory cult to now just a group of MPs decide. I mean, Graham Gra Brady picking a name from the hat might, might, might have done a worse job than the Tory party members did uh, with, uh, with Trust. And I think the electorate did with, uh, 
Johnson falling uh, for, for his uh, lies back in 2019 when he really emphasised the, uh, you know, the conning conservative. Um, but it, I, th I think it does make the case, though, for a, a general election. Now, I've, I've always believed, or I have, I have been, I think I, I changed my mind with Gordon Brown and I saw he lacked um, credibility and authority, legitimacy when he took over from Tony Blair and went on for the three years. I saw a change then. Then when I remember arguing when Theresa May came, and this should be a general election three or six months after that, just automatically when she replaced Cameron. And I was uh, warned by people on the right, you should be careful what you wish for because Corbyn and Labour were deeply unpopular at the time, although they did relatively well in the 2017 election. But I just think there's, there's a reason no um, uh, parliament has seen so many changes as prime minister. Yep, you've had uh, one change, this is now two change. It never happened before, and I think it's because whatever that mandate was in 2019, it's it's gone. It wasn't gone because of COVID. It wasn't because because Brexit wasn't what was 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 promised. It is because you keep we keep getting new prime ministers uh, selected by very small groups of people. What's wrong with we the people having a having a say? I think we know why the Tories don't want it because they fear they'd get absolutely hammered, steamrolled, and they would at the moment. But the should be a way of just automatically triggering a general election should there be a change in prime minister given the importance of that that rule i know it's a parliamentary system but i think it's been uh, tested beyond breaking point now by the conservatives yeah well the question is of course how long it's going to wait until we do break it again stephen says how long do you think this lot can limp on for even with a relatively normal prime minister the, 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 what yeah. normal stephen he's yeah. just spent the equivalent of two houses, count them, two, on a swimming pool and let and spa at his Yorkshire mansion that costs four hundred grand. Um, it's that, that he's normal, I suppose, and that he's sane. But uh, other than that, he's certainly not normal. Enid says it's time for a general election, not just one handful picking one of them just to stay in power. Now we can, and Susan wants it to be a general election as well. Now we know that Boris has said he's he had the numbers, but he's just not going to take part. Which is a bit like me saying I can Argentine tango, but I'm going to leave strictly open to the others to have it this year. Um, I can only Argentine tango when I'm very very drunk. Uh, and Penny Morden is probably getting offered a nice fat job from Rishi Sunak as we speak in order to stand down. But uh, to Sunak now, and there are a few things on his plate. So as Stephen says, how long is this going to last? There's an economic crisis. There's crushing austerity on the way. And he's richer than the king who's going to be formally asking him to take on the job. He's also just taken possession of this 400 grand uh, spa and swimming pool. And Kevin, in your column, and as you said earlier on, he'll be known as Two Pools Sunak because there's another one at Chequers as well. But in a couple of weeks, there's the Privileges Committee, which wasn't just going to be a headache for Boris. Looking into parties at number 10, Rishi was present at at least one of them and was fined for it. So he may well be uh, sort of introduced in evidence as well. And with Boris's resignation on his list and perhaps one from Liz Truss, there will be some by-elections to fight in a country that really, really, really wants a general election. Mm -hmm. How long is it going to be before he falls too? Because he's got the backing of 165 MPs, but that leaves more than 100 who don't back it, doesn't it? It, it does. I think it's going to find it very hard to unite the Conservative Party. You know, they, they, they're united in, in factions of, of, of hatred, and most of them are united, uh, but not all, against the general election. There are several now coming out and saying it's got to be held. I, I think he'll... 
bold, brave prediction. I think he'll he'll stagger on for several years now. January 2025 is the latest date of the next general election. I suspect the goal now will be to get to some time in 2024, hoping something will, will turn up. But if you look at the economy with it teetering on the brink of uh, recession, things may not get better, but particularly if we implements his Thatcherite economics and starts slashing public spending and, for instance, breaking the link between benefits and inflation. Mm. Uh, living standards are eroded uh, for about 6 million homes that are reliant on uh, universal credit, nearly half of them in work. You know, they're relying on a wage top-up. And, and I think I think there's just been a change in the, in the public mood. People want a, a government on their side that it, that will protect them and safeguard them and promote their interests. And the Conservatives just look very venal and vicious and self-interested. And mm. I, they're just ideologically and politically, policy-wise, incapable of breaking out, breaking out even if they decide to have a, a group hug every morning rather than a mass backstabbing. You can smell it, can't you, on the air? You can smell that there has been a change of direction, I think, in the country, that this is really not what anybody saw on the side of the tin or the side of the bus and doesn't really want it. It's a case of when, not if. I'm not as optimistic as you. I think that the Conservative Party have been so used to fighting and undermining and backstabbing each other. They literally don't know any other way to be anymore. They don't know how to be unified. And there's 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 nothing that could unify them, I think, at this stage. Yeah. So I, I think actually there'll be there'll be problems with votes and austerity, things like you said with um, cutting the link between inflation and benefits, for example, which will see some defections. It will see people losing the whip. There may even be, you know, people crossing the floor or resigning. But I think I think maybe he's got six months, but I'm not sure he's got any longer than that because of his party. Yeah, I remember, I've got the grey hair, 1992 and Black Wednesday and John Major, shortly after the 92 general election, got a majority of about 20. And there was five years of what chaos after that. I think mm. we're... We're in, we're in for that. And yeah, the word affections to, to Labour, people losing to, or giving up the whip and so on. Tories got a working majority of 71. That's going to be constantly under threat. There's going to be no orderly government and there's going to be no st stability. But I think just because they, you know, the, the jobs they're really worried about most are their own. So they'll want to keep on going. And I, th I think they just, even Tory MPs or most of them will realise you can't just dump yet another... Prime Minister just playing past the parcel with the keys to number 10. Mm. I, I think, I, yeah. Well, Although uh, we'll have I'll, the prospect, of course, of, of three former Tory Prime Ministers on the back benches, all glaring at the back of Rishi Sunak's head. You've got Theresa, you'll have Boris, you'll have Liz. Yeah. Theresa actually turns up. Boris may be on holiday for the rest of the term, but Liz may be around as well. And they're, none of them are really going to like him very much, necessarily. So... Yeah, to, to, May May will be there. She's got nothing better to do. Uh, but I think <laughs> Johnson will be on holiday and writing books while mm. tr Truss, quite frankly, doesn't look very well. Yeah, um, I yeah. think Liz, Liz Truss may be taking some time out to spend with yeah. her uh, with her lunatics um, because this, this is something obviously a bit wrong there, if you ask me. Now, we do need to move on to some other stuff, but keep asking us your questions. How long do you think Rishi Sunak is going to have as Prime Minister? What kind of job do you think he'll offer Penny Mordaunt to buy her over? Uh, let's wait and see, shall we? You might find out later on today. 
But first, to page 19, uh, where there is a story about a six-year-old little girl called Emma Tomofti, who is learning to walk again after pioneering treatment uh, to ease a rare condition which had stiffened all her muscles to the point that they couldn't be used. Now, specialist injections around the nerve endings loosened those muscles, and she's learning to walk there in a frame because the muscles are very, very weak. She needs to build them up. But she's already whizzing around on a tricycle, and she's back at school, which is wonderful news. And this was going to be very nearly an odd good news section. But I wanted to talk about the fact that this cost just £20,000. That's nothing, really. Uh, 5000 of it came from public donations, and the rest was scraped together by her family. Uh, and that 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 cost of 20 grand is nothing compared to, you know, the benefits of a lifetime of a normal school family job for Emma and entirely worth every penny, you would have thought. But the NHS didn't pay it. She had to have this done in Greece with public donations and help from the family finances, like I said. So, Kevin, is this the sort of penny pinching we're going to expect with new rounds of austerity? The simple, easy treatments having to be funded by us? Or is this just somehow Emma fell through the cracks? Well, well, that's it's already started, hasn't it? You have people uh, look incredibly. You've got the longest uh, waiting list uh, del delays in the NHS history, and it it did have when Jeremy Hunt, who's now the Chancellor, when he was Health Secretary, had the tightest financial straitjacket in history, and you have people with cataracts and you're only getting one eye done rather than two. And I, I read this story, and I, you know, the the NHS is almost uh, a precious valued public service. It is a lifesaver but because i like you i read this story and why isn't this available on the nhs when it's only twenty thousand? because you know, common humanity this six-year-old girl you want her to be able to walk and play but also there's a very good financial and economic case for the public person in the long run that if, if she can if she can walk and uh, she can work she will generate income oh, monetary units isn't yeah. that what the stories want yeah, rather rather than having to be be cared for, and I, this is before you consider the heartache of the the parents. I want to know why it's not, you know, the, the piece in the mirror didn't explain why it isn't available on the NHS because it doesn't actually say it isn't. Is it an experimental treatment? Is it only in in Greece? Has the NHS looked at it and mm. not yet adopted it, or deemed it doesn't work, or is the postcode lottery and she might have got it if she lived somewhere else rather than than Hertfordshire? I think there's a lot of que questions here, but it's quite interesting. The, the NHS is just a kind of fantastic, fantastic institution performing miracles daily, but mm. it does have its failings, and there are holes, and it's you know, why are they there? And it fund funding is part of it. We know it is at times. That's why there is often drug rationing, although pharmaceutical companies, a friend of mine, a research biologist, PhD, all, all that, he totally told me the disappointment he had when he developed a new treatment and he went to present it to the board of a company and all they were really interested in was how much money he was going to make for it. Mm. Yeah, they could charge for it. Well, he was just excited by the uh, by the health benefits of his uh, of his work yeah health benefits are nothing compared to the financial benefits when you let the markets uh, run these things i suspect the answer to why emma couldn't get her treatment in this country is is probably because of the rareness of the condition i think it's in about 1200 mm. people in the world and i suspect that means you've probably got one center in the world that knows how to do this there's probably not much call for that expertise in the nhs because it's so rare but then in that case i don't see why her local nhs trust didn't pay for the trip to greece to exactly. the specialist. That, that would appear to be the best way around it. And Yeah. No, no. You, you, you want people to have the best. That's what you want. And the, and the NHS gives gives people the best. I mean, come off, we were lumbered with a private medical care system where all they're doing is looking at you, 
your premiums and your ability to pay and you've got anything serious, you're straight out of a private hospital in the UK now and you, you're into the NHS, then they might pay for you to have a room or something, they don't pay for the treatment. No, 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 the, the NHS is, is absolutely brilliant, fantastic, tick, 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 got to be defended, supported, promoted in every way. But we also have to ask uh, questions and, uh, and critique it without undermining it. Yeah, it still needs to be improved, doesn't it? Um, now, I keep asking your questions, everybody. We're going to move on to some good news in a minute. But uh, let us know what you think. What should the NHS be funding? Should they have supported Emma's treatment? Or is it fair enough that with a very rare condition, she should have had her treatment abroad in the only specialist centre there probably is? What do you think about Rishi Sunak as Prime Minister? Are you happy we're going to have our first Asian Prime Minister and our first Hindu in the middle of the Festival of Diwali? Or are you concerned that it's not Penny Morden? Do you think that race or gender are playing some kind of a role in it? Let's get into the comments and let us know. We'll have a wrap up at the end. Uh, also, if you if you have any ideas about where Boris Johnson could go on holiday, I think Mars might be nice. Um, but first, here is some good news. There is some in the world and we found it for you. Here it is. Now, you and me, Kevin, are probably both old enough to remember filing our copy on computers like this uh, with a teeny tiny little screen, a little orange flashing cursor that gave you a migraine and a disk drive. Do you remember those? Disk oh, drive. God. Someone yeah, just whirring away in the yeah, corner. Explain it to your children if you can. Um, yeah. But this one is from 1987, and it was once owned by the Apple founder Steve Jobs and is therefore expected to fetch 265 grand at auction, but it does at least still have the original mouse. And how often do you lose the mouse in the office? Um, but 265 grand, Kevin, it hasn't even got Bluetooth. What are they thinking? But Kevin, is this good news for anybody who's obviously got an old computer smacking around in the loft? But is it proof as well that, you know, something old, knackered and completely useless these days might still be worth something in another 40 years? And therefore there's hope for the Tory party yet? I'm glad you said the Tory party and not me. But it, <laughs> I, suppo I suppose if you've got an old computer like this, it might be worth a few bob, but it's not going to be 265,000. It's because it's Steve Jobs, isn't it? And he, you know, the Apple, the Apple founder who was a, was a genius. I'd forgotten it was uh, 2011 he died, uh, kind of so, so long ago. But it's also quite interesting. He had this computer, Foxy, in his office, according to this. 1988 to 1994 that's six years got apple products now last about six months and they bring out a new one yeah. that's the because they yeah. can they can just turn it on and there's stuff on this thing called a hard drive and yeah. they can still read it and so they know what his diary was doing in 1988 but as you try turning on your iphone when they haven't updated the software right yeah with your your battery degrading seeing how long it will uh will last no absolutely absolutely so exactly. it, it shows you they can build stuff to last but they don't do it now because they basically want to sell you the next model and make more and more money so there's kind of obsolescence built in but they have to keep having little tweaks little redesigns to try and catch it yeah well maybe maybe in a few years time liz trusts computer from downing street <laughs> well <laughs> I think we'll probably find it an abacus with the beads. You know? I don't think she had time even to get the log on sorted from IT. I really don't. She's only in there for seven. It's only seven weeks ago. Boris Johnson was prime minister last time. Anyway, uh, James Smith 
Nadine Dorries says a general election is impossible to avoid now. Why and how would one be triggered? We've also had Zach Goldsmith, former MP of this parish, now no longer subject to public's vote because he's been put to the Lords, saying that it, there is a moral case for a general election now because we have our third prime minister even further in terms of policy and mandate from 2019, which, as I said, was up against Corbyn, so up against an entirely different opposition as well. Um but how, you know, there's, there's talk, I suppose Emily Thornbury this morning was saying, well, it's not time for a vote of no confidence in the government yet. We are going to work towards one, but now isn't the time. But that's what you're waiting for now is either an uptick in the polls that gives Rishi the idea that he should go Ooh. to the country, which isn't going to happen, or the Tories managing to play, oh, sorry, Labour managing to play politics to the extent in Parliament that they can trigger a vote of no confidence and bring the government down that way. Yeah, um, it, it always amuses me. A member of the House of Lords, uh, Zach Goldsmith, uh, the unelected uh, House of Crony, the lawmaker for life, who wouldn't have a vote in a general election, says we should have one. There's a, a moral case for it. I think it's a moral case for an elected uh, second chamber if we're going to have one too. But I think the, the, the public want one. I think Brenda from Bristol would probably even want one now. How you trigger it is very difficult because the... Fixed Term Parliament Act was abolished. So all the Prime Minister, if they want one, has to do is jump in the car, go to the palace, say, I fancy a general election, and the King will give them one. Keir Starmer can move a vote of no confidence in the House of Commons. If that was carried, the tradition is you would have a general election. It's how the 1979 Labour government uh, fell. However, he will know when he calls it that he will unite the Tory party against having that general election. Christopher Choke's the only MP other than Nadine Dorries I'm aware of on the Tory side who've said that it should be a general election. Doesn't mean they would vote for one in Parliament. So if he moves his vote with no confidence, the government's likely to win and he could unite Tory MPs who are uh, currently split, split, which is why Emily Thornbury, the uh, Shadow Cabinet member, is, is saying, well, it may, be, it may be not now. If you think you've got 30... 35 Tories who back you and the SNP, Libs, Greens, Clyde, Cymru, the uh, Northern Ireland parties are all on side, then you might have a chance. Yeah, what he's going to wait for is the next split and there will be another split. Oh, that's good. When, when you have that split, then you're in the situation where if, you know, you've got a lot of Tories who are on the record saying they don't like whatever Sunak's doing, yeah. at that point you have to say, well, look, you're going to stand by what you say or you're going to vote for confidence in a government you have no confidence in. And that's what goes on the election leaflets. Your yeah. local Tory MP backed Rishi Sunak when the whole world hates the thing he's just done. So that's what he's got to wait for is the right moment. But in the meantime, of course, Labour's building up its campaign. And also, thing worth bearing in mind is the Tory Prime Minister is going to call, has to, when, when he, ever, he knows he does have to call a general election, he needs to have a campaign starting nascent as well. He has to have policy platforms, he has to have people starting work on the manifesto. He has to try and bring some donors back in because they've lost some to Labour. Of course, he may get some from the city now because Rishi knows a few people there. So once they've got some, once he's got his feet under the table and he's been there six months, I think, I think things could well line up. But we'll wait to see. Just because I was yeah. right this weekend doesn't yeah. mean right next year. I mean, who would have thought Trust would be out after 44 days? I, I, I thought she'd be useless, but she was even worse than I thought. I used to think she'd be out of her depth in a puddle, then I realised it was on a damp pavement. Uh, but, you know, that, that collapse was so spectacular. The briefest reign of any Prime Minister in history. In the 119 days of 
George Cunning in 1827. He died. Yeah, tuberculosis. He had a terrible infection and managed to hang on longer than Liz did. He <laughs> 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 was dying, Liz, and he kept on longer than you. It's, it's just incredible, isn't it? It's killing political satire. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Armando Iannucci has nothing to do. Uh, but anyway, we'll have to wait and see how things turn out, don't we? Denise, like many people, says we the people should have our say. So yeah. a general election, please. It's what everybody wants, Denise. But in the meantime, I think you are going to have some by-elections coming up. So if there's one in your area, get out and vote, vote, vote and see what happens. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us and explaining all that. Thank you, everyone, for taking part. We will see you all again on Wednesday for another edition of Which Prime Minister Is It Anyway? Uh, <laughs> see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>